Hi, this is Shannon, and I want to talk to you about my pillow because trust me, I have one of everything. Good news, Mike Lindell is back with his quality products with big discounts for listeners of the show. Go to mypillow.com/regularjoe or call 1-800-648-3665 promo code regularjoe. My pillow is having their big 20th anniversary sale on limited edition my pillows with prices as low as 19.95 for the queen size pillow. I love the my pillow all season slippers. Right now they have the lowest price ever with just $25 with the promo code REGULARJOE. They're easy to clean, hand-sewn moccasin design, made to wear year-round in all climates. And right now they're having the biggest bed sheet sale ever with the Giza Dream Sheet set, as low as $29.98 with promo code REGULARJOE. These sheets come in nine solid colors and four flannel colors. 400 thread count sizing from Twin to California King. They're all machine washable and durable and come with a 10-year warranty. Visit MyPillow.com slash REGULARJOE or call 1-800-648-3665 promo code regular joe that's 1-800-648-3665 promo code regular joe Hello and howdy, Joe Giganti, regular Joe with you. So we had the big, the huckster moment, the hoax moment with Hickey Nailey yesterday, telling us to read big news. Well, the big news was she repeated that she's not getting out of a race that she's thoroughly and completely losing in. Despite, I mean, I know she's got supporters, but all this talk of having this great groundswell support is not translating in any real way to votes, even in her home state which she has all but admitted she will lose, but she's trying to lose it gracefully. So I guess we're supposed to give her points for that. Now, she continued with her whole the two are one when it comes to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, despite the the fact that it's just demonstrably false. The economy struggled only with COVID, something foisted upon the American people. Prior to that, people were doing much better, Matter of fact, frankly, not everyone did bad during COVID. I saw my personal business go up exponentially uh, outside of the radio. I had a different, I had a consulting business at the time. And frankly, I was busier than I could keep up with. But it did put a hurt on a lot of Americans because of the ridiculous draconian rules and in, in, in regulations they were putting in place, foisting the, the jab on people, the masks and all the other ridiculous things. To try to pretend that that was the entirety of Donald Trump's presidency is silly. Even the left is out there going, well, how do we get people? Why do they keep thinking it was so much better back in the day? Because it was. It was clearly and obviously better than when Joe Biden took the helm. And as people continue, they talk about new jobs, people taking second and third jobs counting it as though it's been some increase when we've seen a market decrease in the labor participation rate under Joe Biden as well. But that didn't stop her. Here she is, these hugely flawed men, who, by the way, I mean, I'm just saying, she's so blatantly ageist in what she says, she apparently doesn't really care about the vote of anyone over age 65. We have two hugely flawed candidates in Biden and Trump. Americans know it. They've been saying it for years, and we all know why. Trump and Biden 
are two old men who are only getting older. We've all seen them fumble their words and get confused about world leaders. That's not who you want in the Oval Office when Russia launches a nuclear weapon at our satellites or China shuts down our electricity grid. We're talking about the most demanding job in human history. You don't give it to someone who's at risk of dementia. Well, she's saying they're both at risk of dementia? Seems to be a rather wide brush she's painting with as she continues to court the no-labels vote. But look, when all else fails, when you, you heard the smattering of applause, the little bit of laughter, the polite applause, applause, this is an event she put together, ostensibly filled with her people, and this was not a crowd that was really frothing for their candidate. Now, when we play the, the Trump sound bites, listen closely to that audience, a very large audience that is all in. This is why she loses in the primaries, because people don't want her. People are not as supportive. But that doesn't stop her in her shamelessness, and it is shameless. Given the renewed resurfaced allegations of her marital improprieties, which virtually no one talked about despite the fact that they were sourced from court documents, sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury, and carried in a reputable outlet. Certainly, the BlackRock News Network has never gone even close to touching those. But clearly, Hickey Neely knows about it because she started talking a lot about her husband on the campaign trail when this happened. She spoke of him before, certainly. But she made sure to let you know how much she loved him, how much he loved her, and how wonderful their marriage is. That was on the uptick when that news story came out three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it is now. Well, yesterday, she went to an all-time, some might say low. Others may see, say you're being cynical. But again, cynicism free. Ask Der Fauci. He certified me such. But she was able to work up some tears so that you could feel bad for her. And who knows, maybe that'll bump her a good point or two. Uh, she's down by 33 points in her home state right now. So she might be able to crack not losing by 30 full points. Maybe it'd only be in the, the high 20s. I mean, but you give her credit. She really seemed to be performing well. That same vision called my husband to serve in the uniform of the United States. He's a major in the South Carolina Army National Guard. As I prepare for what lies ahead, Michael is at the forefront of my mind. She's trying to compose. She's lost composure here. The tears are starting to come out. She gets a drink of water. Marco Rubio style. I wish Michael was here today. And I wish our children. And I could see him tonight, but we can't. He's serving on the other side of the world, where conflict is the norm. He stepped up to keep us safe. And not just us. 
He stepped up to defend our nation's freedom and our way of life. Michael is fighting for the country he loves. So are all of his brothers and sisters in arms wherever they're stationed in this dangerous world. They have made their stand because America is worth fighting and even dying for. Now I will continue to make my stand because America is worth living for. Thank you. God bless you. God bless South Carolina and God bless America. I don't know about you, but I'm inspired. Now, look, I think her husband's service is wonderful. It's laudable. I have, and because I know though, oh, you're mocking us. No, I'm not. No, I'm mocking her using his service as a crutch for sympathy in her clearly failing presidential bid. And maybe I'm wrong, and I'll find out one day, but that's what I saw yesterday. I saw desperation. A woman who brags about how popular she was as a two-term governor, groveling for support, using her husband's military service as some way to connect with voters who have rejected her in her own state. Now, Matthew Dowd, he came to her defense. Of course, he was a Bush-Cheney strategist. They use that term strategist loosely in the Bush administration. He wanted you to know that the problem is, maybe maybe he said the, the quiet part out loud. She's running in the wrong party, he says. Then he goes on to say that the party she thinks she's running for doesn't exist. Well, she's running in the wrong party. I mean, that's the problem she has. It's like the Republican Party that she's running from and appealing to no longer exists. And it's amazing to me. Maybe she's realized that and she thinks going through this process will somehow get her to the other side and then she'll be available. I think the problem is to, to multifold for her in this one is from Iowa to New Hampshire and now the polls in South Carolina, she is losing Republican self-identified voters by 40 plus points, 40 plus points in the course of this. You can't win a Republican nomination losing Republicans by 40 or 50 points. And she's going to lose among Republican voters in South Carolina by 40 to 50 points in this. I mean, this race, as far as a nomination process, is basically over in this. And I think she has to come to the realization, which people like Mitt Romney came to and other Republicans come to, have come to, is that the Republican Party that they once knew no longer is the Republican Party today. Now, there's the death knell. He just said that she's akin to Mitt Romney. He's right. Nobody wants Mitt Romney. Nobody wants milquetoast, left-wing, weak-kneed, spineless jellyfish like the Golden Turd Award winner Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney or certainly not Hickey Naley. So, I mean, he's not completely wrong. His honesty should be rewarded, but he doesn't even quite understand, I think, what he's saying. Now, that brings us to a more interesting part of things. Yesterday, in the town hall, Donald Trump gave a short list of people that could be his vice president. This was, this was big news to a lot of people. I mean, I don't know that, I don't know, I don't know that a lot of people um, were confused about who some of the front runners were, but, but nonetheless, this is what they're claiming, and, you know, give, give credit where it's due. Now, cut number 19. Here's Hickey Nally trying to preemptively address the vice president thing in her little huckster press event yesterday, cut 19. Many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump 
privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. Some people used to say I was running because I really wanted to be vice president. I think I've pretty well settled that question. Now you heard the smattering of laughter and the applause and these, you know, it sounds like she has a good, what, 12, 15 people in the room with her. Now here's Laura Ingram at the town hall last night, following up on those comments from Nikki Haley in this exchange with President Donald Trump, cut 18. Has she settled that question? Well, I settled it about three months ago. <laughs> That's what support sounds like. And look, it's, uh, she's not working. She's here. She's down by 30, 35 points. And everybody knows her. You're not supposed to lose your home state. Shouldn't happen anyway. And she's losing it big. Big. I mean, really, uh, I said big Lee and big Lee. <laughs> she's losing it bigly. But we're going we're gonna to really do a job. I think that, uh, as you know, when we went to Iowa, we got the biggest margin in the history of the caucus. Now, in fairness, Hickey Neely has set a record in this presidential bid. As far as I understand, she is the first, maybe any candidate, but certainly the first Republican candidate to lose to none of the above in a primary. So let's give credit where credit's due. By the way, Donald Trump sounded really cogent there, seemed to understand the questions and was able to answer them pretty concisely. He wasn't done talking about the difficulties that little Hickey Naley is suffering in her own home state and around the country. Cut 20. She's down by 30, 35 points, and everybody knows her. You're not supposed to lose your home state. Shouldn't happen anyway, and she's losing it. Why do you think she's staying in the race? Um, I don't think she knows how to get out, actually. Uh, I really don't. She did terribly in New Hampshire. She got mo the only vote she but got she was from Democrats. she has a lot of money Democrats. behind her. What do they think they're Well, they're out? trying to hurt me because of the general election. So the Democrats are giving her money, and she's playing into the game. And I think she just can't get, she just can't get herself to get out. She doesn't know how to get out. She's painted herself into a corner, which leads to the question, and then we'll get to the who he suggested, but is there anybody, when it comes to a VP pick for Donald Trump, are there any people he could pick, like Tulsi Gabbard or Hickey Naley or another, that would be a deal-breaker for you? That if he picked this person, eh, he really would have a hard time supporting that candidacy. More importantly, who would be your, your first choice? If you could sit down with Donald Trump and say, right here, this is the one. This is who it should be. Who would that be? We post it on social media. You can respond there or 888 737-1737. The regular Joe Radio Show.